0: in Colossians chapter 1 and I'll begin begin reading with verse 1 and read through to verse 8 Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy our brother to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel which has come unto you as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth as ye also learned of Epaparus, our dear fellow servant who is for you a faithful minister of Christ who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Shall we pray? Our loving Father, we pray for your blessing upon your word. Ask, Lord, you will minister it to us. Pray, Father, for your mercies to be known unto us in all those ways that we realize that your salvation has come to us through Jesus Christ our Lord and that we truly would be known as your brethren in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, as we look at this passage, uh, begin to go through this chapter, I'll be looking at um, probably verses 9 through 14 this afternoon, Uh, but beginning with these eight verses. We note that the gospel comes by faith, love and hope. Or perhaps we should say the gospel comes through faith and in love and hope unto us. Three areas I'd like to speak to this morning. First of all, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, as we find that he brings his greetings and introduction to to the church at Colossae, and speaks directly to the saints and the faithful brethren. Secondly, we heard of your faith, love, and hope in Christ, as he was uh, commending them upon these three areas of blessing that God gives to every believer, faith, love, and hope. And so they remain a very important part of our Christian life. Thirdly, the gospel of truth has come unto you like a traveler bearing good news. And so he likens the the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the truth of the gospel, as being delivered to them. Perhaps he is referring to himself as he was on his own missionary journeys and he was traveling about dispersing the message of Christ. And it is an interesting metaphor to take and to realize that God is still using ambassadors for Christ, using those who would carry the message of Jesus afar and deliver that message of Christ and of hope to others. So let us begin with uh, verse 1 as he begins to introduce the passage. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, or Timothy, our brother. Well, of course, Paul has taken this particular um, Uh, avenue, I should say, of introduction many times through his uh, various epistles which he has communicated. And we find that this is no different. He often begins by identifying himself and that he gives some credibility to what he is saying by indicating that he is truly an apostle, as the word apostle means to be sent to, it is the word sent. I remember some years ago when there was a missionary, uh, that came to the small church that we were, we were ministering, uh, in and became members of, uh, in Kiesel Falls, uh, and he was a, uh, a, a missionary that went about and I believe he opened closed churches, a missionary. And, uh, at the close of the service, uh, He passed out these little uh, tie pins, you know, to the men. And uh, the the little tie pin said, there's a little cross and it said "sent" on it. Just S-E-N-T. Written right out on it with a little cross. And you just use it as a tie tack on your tie. And uh, I still have it at home. In fact, I've I've used it for many, many years. and, And I'll often wear it. And the idea is that we are sent to do a a work for Jesus. We are sent. Like he, as a missionary, he he believed he was sent of God to do that work. Well, isn't it always good to have those among us who really believe they're doing what God intended them to do? You know, as Christians, as believers... I would hope that you also would have as that sense of, of uh, being sent by God. Because it's not just referring to someone who is a missionary. Um, even though the word apostolos so or apostle as it is given here means sent. As a Christian, we also are sent. Well we do remember the words of Jesus, do we not? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and I will be with you always. Well, we we are sent. The early disciples were sent. Of course the disciples became apostles because they were at the feet of Jesus, they were learning, they were they were being um Groomed, as you might say, taught in the things of the Word of God, as, at the feet of Jesus, and he would he would later send them out. Well, he did send them to the villages and so forth um, in Jerusalem, but uh, after that, we find that they were to go and were dispersed abroad to preach the gospel to the world. They were sent. They were sent they were disciples and they were sent they became known as apostles but they were those who were sent they were that that group that first began to preach the gospel to the world and uh, we we know that that is a very important part of our church ministry isn't it that we go and and speak the gospel of Christ and you may feel very inadequate and I think it is good that you do I think it's good that I should feel very inadequate because we need to rely on somebody who is adequate you see the, the disciples were, were were not capable of doing what Jesus asked them to do but they were being spiritually fortified to do that work and he would go with them in fact of course on the day of Pentecost what would happen but the spirit of God would come down and and what would take place but they would be endued with power from on high the spirit of God would truly enter into the hearts and lives of people in such a dramatic way that they would literally uh, be able to preach the gospel freely to the people that they came in contact with because of that Holy Spirit, that pneumatos that was given to them, that spirit, you see. And and they would go and preach Christ. Well, this is so important, isn't it? Paul believed he was sent, you see. Um, An apostle of Jesus Christ, sent of Jesus Christ by the will of of god by the will of god now the word for will here i'll just mention this because there's a little bit of a contrasting thing that goes on later Uh, the word for will here is um kind of a decree and it can be taken as such kind of like a decree um, a volition and incarnation, much more than a simple desire. In other words, God is behind the very thing that this word implies. God is behind it. And so Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. you see God is behind this sending, this element of being sent. Well, don't you think perhaps God is behind you as a believer as well? Yeah. You're a believer because you, you called upon the Lord Jesus Christ and He forgave your sins. and And from that moment you realize that God not only came to... Influence your life and to live in your life, but God is the will whereby you are a believer. God is that that motivation. It is God is behind it. You see, and and Paul believed that. He says by the will of God, and of course Timothy was a co-laborer with the apostle, and so he mentions Timothy, um, our brother mentions Timothy. And so it's important to realize that God is behind the things that we are truly about as being Christians. And I'm sure you, I'm sure you want a pastor who believes that God is behind his motivation to be a pastor, right? You, you, you would look for that. And you should. There should be a true sense of of obligation that God has placed in the heart of the of the the servant that serves, and that they are truly there because of the will of God. And secondly, in the second verse, he says to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. Well, uh, this actually brings us to the first point to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ and so just as much as paul believed that he was sent he now refers to the believers there in the corinthian church and he calls them saints and faithful brethren and he addresses this this uh, epistle to them to the saints to the saints and faithful brethren and we believe that this epistle then is addressed to us as well it is addressed to us and applies to us because we also are saints and are faithful brethren in christ and it is a a good commendation to make you are saints and faithful brethren in christ now, none of us are as perfect as we ought to be, but if you are in Christ, then you are a saint and I don't mean one that's been put into the record of sainthood by the um, papacy or something no you uh, in the biblical way, you are a saint, you are a believer the word "saint" means separated and holy, and it is a term of that really is a form of sanctification, if you will, being set apart, you are a saint. And brethren, now we feel, perhaps we feel very inadequate for this. We feel in, uh, incapable, perhaps, of, we might even shy away from the title, especially given the fact that today we would be probably, somebody would point out something about us, um, you know, if we called ourselves that, called ourselves saints. In fact, it happened to me this week. Um, I was helping my brother split some wood with with the wood splitter. And there was a friend that came over, and he was uh, supposed to be a Christian too. Um, And uh, we were just talking, you know, like you normally do, kind of casual conversation. It didn't amount to anything. And talking about the weather and and so forth. And and it was mentioned uh, something about the weather. And I says, uh, well, it could snow or something like that, of that nature. And the, the other fellow there with me says, well, careful, you're a pastor. You know, as, as if I were making some kind of a prophetic announcement that it was going to snow that day or something. And uh, But how quick um, he would bring that up, you know. Because he knew I was a pastor, and, and for a pastor to say something that wasn't absolutely true, well, that's that's something terrible, isn't it? Something terrible, isn't it uh, why? Be, well, he doesn't seem to be going to church anywhere, this this fellow. This, it was a Christian. I've known him for a long time, and he claims to be a Christian, but he isn't going to church anywhere. And and certainly his life is not an exemplary life. But I didn't say nothing. I, I didn't say a thing. I just said, well, it could snow. Well, they did say it was going to have frost. And so I just left it there. I didn't say anything more. But of course I know that, see, that this, that's what happens. Whenever we say something... Somebody is ready to pick up on it and, and, and kind of counter it if they can. Um, and he was doing that. And, well, that's okay. I mean, you know, if, we, um, if we're Christians, if we're known as Christians, if we're known as, as those who follow Christ, then we've got to expect that people will say things, even if it's just jokingly or casually. Sometimes they're going to say these things anyway. Um, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. Now, the, this, this uh, town of Colossae was between Hierapolis and Laodicea. And it's in Asia Minor. Um, and so it's inland quite a bit from the coast. Um, but I thought the interesting thing was that it was quite near Laodicea. Maybe, I don't know, maybe 50, 100 miles from Laodicea. Um, There's a lot of different towns in that region. And we're all familiar with Laodicea because it's the lukewarm church of the book of Revelation. And nobody wants to be associated with that church. (laughs) But Colossae, they were the saints and faithful brethren. Well, I think that's good. I think that's good to be known as saints and faithful brethren. And the only ones that are really going to understand that and know that are other believers who are of like faith as you yourself. And they're not going to be, they're not going to be one of those people that will just point out the, the, uh, problems of other people. I mean, we all have them, don't we? Anybody perfect among us here today? No. No. But if we are truly biblical and we are truly in Christ, we recognize each other as saints and faithful brethren. We don't go back and check the history first. We, we, we don't count whether or not somebody said something or, or didn't say something. or We don't do any of that. No, that isn't what we do. This is in Christ. This is our relationship to Christ. This is we are saints. You are a saint. You are to be a faithful brother. You are a faithful brother in Christ because you are in Christ. We're in Christ. You see, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Effingham, New Hampshire. So I, I, I trust you realize the blessing of that. Realize the blessing of it. It's true. It's true. You know, other people may, may say things about you, but that doesn't change this. That doesn't change the fact that that you are a believer, you are set apart, you are separate unto God, you are a saint, you are a faithful brethren, you are of the Father. Look what he says here, brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are identified in that way. God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, this blessing of being faithful, faithful brother in, in Christ, is because we have a common relationship to the Father. A common relationship to the Father. We know our Father who art in heaven, our Father who art in heaven, how would be your name, and we would we, we pray that prayer, realizing that he is our Father. And the reason we can is because we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, you see. We know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Secondly, we heard of your faith, love, and hope in Christ. In verse 3, we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye have heard in the word of truth of the gospel. Now we have got three different verses here, or at least two, which comprise this, uh, this trio of blessings that God has bestowed upon us. Faith, love, and hope. In, in verse 4, we have heard of your faith. Well, faith is uh, an important word to us as believers. For by grace are you saved through faith. Through faith. Uh, God is the one who is the author of faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing... By the word of God, Romans 10:17. So, faith is important. Faith is important. I mean, if we didn't hear the word of God, we could not have faith. Or at least we cannot be built up in it. Well, obviously, God can do whatever He wants to do. And sometimes He does it without telling us. Or without even recording it so we can understand it. Sometimes He places His Spirit within the heart of an individual. that can, He cannot deny it. The person can't deny it. Well, Samson couldn't deny the Spirit of God. I mean, he was a Nazarite from his mother's womb because God the Holy Spirit did a work in him and from that time on, he became a Nazarite unto the Lord. Of course, we know he had difficulty... One of the weaknesses of the flesh, you know, um, is the opposite sex for a man, and he fell to it, and of course that got him into quite a bit of trouble. But you know, we find that God does these marvelous things, you know, in the Scripture, and uh, we we wonder at some of those things that He does. And even though we could mention a few more, I'm already five minutes over. Um, what am I going to do now? <laughs> keep you for another five minutes. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to hurry along, won't I? Okay, uh, faith in Christ Jesus. And so we know, we know that faith is so important. What about love? And the love to all the saints. Now, if you omit the words which ye have, and just read, and the love to all the saints... Well, um, this is part of the the unique relationship in the Church of Jesus Christ. We have faith, and because there is true faith in Christ, there is love to all the saints. And Jesus spoke about that. You know, it was quite a bit said about if you don't love your brother, uh, how can you love God? Well, if you happen to uh, have any problems with your brothers, not a good thing. Um, you need to try to make that right if possible. Or if it's just an internal thing that you have, you probably should confess it as quickly as possible so you can get back to loving your brother. And as those who are of faith, we ought to love the brethren. We ought to love the brethren. Um, Even though we perhaps... um, This is an objective love. This isn't one that, oh, I like him, or I like her. This is an objective love. This is one that you are supposed to do because God has loved you. You see, this is an objective love because you have the faith which God has given to you to know that you are truly saved and you are to love your brethren because that is what you are supposed to do. You see, some, some of the things God requires of us are conditional They're conditional, and which simply means that you know if it's uh, the blessing we receive is conditioned upon how well we are obeying the word of God, and um, we find if we don't obey the word of God, then we we come under some chastisement, perhaps guilty conscience for sure. And which might lead to a little bit more. Uh, and so we find that it is necessary to love the brethren. To love the brethren. And he, so that he says that. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love to all the saints, to all the brethren, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Well, you see, we have a kind of a, a whole package of things that we really need to remember we need to remember that our faith is truly the faith which God has given to us a saving faith we need to remember that the love which God wants us to love with is the agape love it is that love which he has given to us because he has loved us we need to remember that th- that we have a like um, destination which we want to uh, really enjoy and that is eternal things in heaven. And he talks about that. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. In heaven. We're all looking to go to heaven. Now we... It's kind of one of those places we haven't got to yet. We, the only preview that we have is what we read in the scripture. The only objective truth we have is what the absolute word of God says about it. But none of us have experienced it firsthand yet. Unless you go to heaven to experience it. I guess the Apostle Paul saw things, maybe, and experienced a few things. But certainly, probably John experienced and saw some things. He wrote the book of Revelation. Um, But they're not around here to tell us. And then... They, they didn't tell us everything. They only told us what God said you can tell. And so, um, faith, hope, and love. A, a hope which is laid up for you in heaven. You see, it's in the bank of heaven. Your hope is in the bank of heaven. That's where it is laid up. A hope which is in Christ. It's in Christ. It's not in you. It's in Christ. Uh, It's in the word of God. It's the promises of the word of God. And it's in Christ. And it's laid up for us in heaven. There are spiritual riches in heavenly places, if you will. It's laid up in heaven. And it's something that each of us, of course, look forward to because of our relationship to Christ. As much as we look forward to it, we're clawing our way to stay here. We just hang on to every moment, don't we? (laughs) You don't, huh? Well, you're a rarity then, Dave, because most people do everything they can to stay well, and as they do, not that we don't want to go. We do. Even Paul says it is expedient for me. More expedient for me. Well, that's, that's, that's the facts that we see here. A hope which is laid up for us in heaven. whereof you have heard in the word of truth the gospel. Whereof you have heard in the word of truth the truth the gospel and it is truth you see the gospel of Christ is the power of God and salvation to all who believe and so we find that this truth this truth is in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ the death, the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ Well, I'm going to leave it right there because I think that's enough for you to think about. And even though I could go on for a little bit further, I would take you into another dimension maybe. (laughs) But uh, we find that the blessings God gives to us are are manifold. By the will of God, saints and faithful brethren, Faith, hope, and love. The truth of the gospel that has come to you and to me. That is the power of God unto salvation. Shall we pray? Loving Father, I just ask you would continue your work of grace in each of our lives. Continue to... Keep us grounded and settled in the Word of God and for the glory of God. Keep our hearts and minds clearly understanding Your will for us that we might live in faith and in love and in the hope which is laid up for us. And bless these things together that we may glorify You. We give thanks to you, Father, for all this. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.